Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin Dodd, I'm with Leslie Martin. Hello. Hello. Let's get the plugs out of the way and then uh, let's sort of talk about where we've been. Because we haven't seen each other for a little while. Mm-hmm. Spoiler for everyone. Uh, so this is episode 7 and we're at number 45. That's insane. First of all, we're, we're flying through these. Um, so Twitter, we are at Britpop Banter and uh, on the same with Facebook. And if you want to email us, we're at BritBotBanter at gmail.com. Uh, send us your feedback, your questions, and also leave us a rating. If you have been listening to us for a while, uh, go to iTunes and leave a quick rating for us. We really appreciate it. Um, and uh, you know what? We'll be really nice and read out the nice ones. No bias whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, seriously, leave a rating, please, if you can. All right. Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we pokes fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate the talent and sacrifice to create these albums. We haven't seen each other in ages, it feels like. No, it is. It's been a while. Um, so do you want to tell... So we've, we uh, had to back up some episodes. Yeah. Um, because both of us went to New Zealand. Yeah. Separately. And different islands. Different islands. So there's a north and a south of uh, New Zealand. Uh, where was I? Which one was I? You were on the North Island. There you go. Thank you very much. And yes. you were on the South. I was. It was three hours separating us, I think, at one point. But we didn't actually get to catch up. How did you find... Yeah, you sucked. You were meant to come on a wine tour with me and you didn't. I didn't. It was a three-hour one-way ferry ride to see you. Wow. Uh, to see you for... Is that, all that, is that all that... Is that what I'm worth? Well... <laughs> it was that... a lot of... T- actually, it was quite expensive as well. But, you know what? In saying that, though... Uh, I would have loved to have seen you, but there was a lot to do in Wellington. Yes, which there is what you travelled around a bit, and I stayed in yeah. Wellington. Loved it. Yeah, I love New Zealand. If anyone ever gets the chance to go and visit New Zealand, do because the people are great, the place mm. is amazing, and the scenery is spectacular. It is the it drives, is. the glaciers, the lakes. I swam with wild dolphins. I saw that. I cried. It was amazing. Separately. You huh? swam with dolphins and you cried separately on your holiday? No, I was crying about the dolphins <laughs> in the water, splashing them out. They told me to make eye contact, but I couldn't through my tears. <laughs> so wait, you have to, you're swimming with the dolphins and you have to make they eye say contact. They say you put your head in and if you make eye contact with them, they love it because they love the interaction, they get all excited. And if you make these noises, so I was going, <laughs> and then they come around more. They come around you more because they're just really quite interactive and they love it. And it's out in the wild. They're on a boat for a while to get out there and mm. then you're all suited up because the water's not warm by no, any stretch. No, you were in like scuba diving. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. And then you go in and then uh, it's what keeps you buoyant but it's also the... Um, warmth. Yeah, the warmth. Did it not freak you out being out in open water and seeing these fins coming towards loved you? Loved it. Really? Yeah, because you know they're dolphins. You hope they're dolphins. Yeah, there's no guarantees but I was fine. Uh, yeah, so thumbs up to New Zealand. We had a blast. Yeah. Uh, and so this, we might be a little bit rusty at this, uh, but I tell you what, I've been so looking forward to catching up and going for this episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, do you remember what last week's or the last episode was? Yeah, Happy Mondays. And what do you think of the episode? I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I loved it. Yeah, I had a blast. I love the Happy that. Mondays. It was great chatting about them. And we're going to see them live. Yes, we are. We got the tickets. We, we bought the tickets. We, we came got... off the podcast and we bought the tickets. It was close. It was it's sold almost, out now. Yeah, it's sold out now. And so this is, it's only up the road, mm-hmm. which we can't wait. So, and it's the day before my birthday. 
happy so, birthday. birthday it's the happy mondays on your birthday so i am actually quite excited by this i, I, I uh after listening to the album after going through that episode uh and listening to that episode a few times now i'm i'm psyched i'm pumped i think it'll be a great gig and they're only doing um that album yeah that's it yeah well it's only 45 minutes long so they have to do other stuff can't just play oh, that album. they'll probably just extend guitar souls and bezel dance about <laughs> for a bit longer and maybe pause for a beer or two but yeah uh, so yeah we're going to see that live uh we hope you enjoy uh last week's episode we i've got a couple of updates though uh so a couple of corrections uh in the last couple of episodes i've talked about the good the bad and the queen remember yeah. those with damon alburn with the sort of weird face and video and all that sort of stuff uh we have an action to review that album right I every time I go and listen to it, it confuses me, and I still don't know where to land on a rating. So I really need to set myself because every time I listen to it, it's different. I haven't and yet, so I will do that. You need to be in the right frame of mind for it because sometimes I listen to it and I go, Ooh, and then the other day I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Um, I talked as if they're a new band, right? They're actually not so new. They recorded an album in 2007, but the good, the band, the queen was the name of the album. It had no name as an artist. That was mm-hmm. it. So when you search that album, it actually was just the good, the bad, and the queen. But it wasn't. It was the name of the, the album, not the band. So it was really confusing. In a way, they've locked in almost ten years later that that is the name of their band, the good, the bad, and the queen. And Marylands is the album that we have to review. Cool. So a bit of a correction there. Do you remember how you talked about the the Blackpool music? Yeah. Yeah. It was recorded in Blackpool. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it. So it's uh, totally what, well, they get a good vibe because that's exactly what it reminded me of. As soon as I sort of dig, digging into it, I went, "That's it." Comes through on this. In it really fades. does. Um, and the puppet, the, you know, the, the video that we watched, that is Damon Albarn dressed up. Is it? Yep. Wouldn't even got that. Uh, so that's a correction. So they've actually got two albums. They are on Spotify, uh, both of them actually, even though they're almost ten years apart. Uh, I got another correction. In the suede episode, we made a bit of a... I made a bit of a mistake. I f- missed the fact that Bernie and Brett got together and did an album in 2005 under the name The Tears. Uh, and I think the album was called Here Come The Tears. So, my bad. That's a correction. I think I made the faux pas in saying that they weren't speaking yeah, to Yeah, it wasn't me. All right, well, you do some research and... Well, 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 if I, well, if I'd have done some research, I probably would have Okay, so, uh, go and have a listen to that. Um... I don't know if you know us, there are people all over the place listening to our podcast. Yay! Have you listened, looked at the little demographic? Yes. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so we have people listening everywhere. We've got heaps in the UK uh, and Australia, which is awesome. Uh, states, we've got heaps of people in the USA. We've got Spain, Turkey, United Arab Emirates, Germany, Mexico, Colombia, and Japan. Right? Which is awesome. So thank you very much for listening. We, I, I don't know if we've not talked about this. I would love to see a photo of you listening to the podcast wherever you are. Yeah, whatever, brilliant. Whatever city you're in, whatever you're doing, as long as it's PG, send us a photo of what you're doing, where you're listening to the well, podcast. Well, more you, probably not PG. What do you mean? Like Universal. You know the you, the green you? <laughs> no. I don't think I've missed that. All right. Okay, so a uh, couple of other actions. You uh, listened to Echo Belly and you loved it. Yeah, and it made me question my rating because uh, I give it a six. As you should have. Um, you know what? 
I'm probably going to stick to my rating. <gasps> I may go to your favourite rating, the 6.5 for it. Really? I don't know. I still... I can understand... I, I took away your points around how much you like the album and some of the songs. I don't I still walk away from that album wanting more. So it's still... I don't wow. know. Maybe I've got my hat on and Lustra still standouts for me. Yeah, they're... At, oh, yeah, look, they're amazing albums. And they, you know, I think are better. Yeah. But I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. Uh, you had... A couple of albums to listen to. I did. Do you want to take me through? What did you have? I had Suede, The Blue Hour. Oh, I'm so excited to know what you thought about that. And Shed 7, Instant Pleasures. Boom, get in. All right, let's talk about it. Okay, so let's talk about Suede first. Go on. Um, I will give that a 7.5 out of 10. I think that's the exact same rating I gave. Hold on, I think we're on par. Go on, Why? what did you like the about it? reasons why. So, standout tracks it's for me. It's the same rating as me. Boom. That... Is that the first time? Could be. Oh my Could god. Be. Could be. Go on. Um, we're not going to have the same rating for the next one. But anyway. Oh, um, right. So yeah, so the Blue Hour standout tracks for me, Wastelands. Great I song. would give that 10 out of 10. It's an amazing song. An amazing song. Agreed. If anyone hasn't gone out and listened to this album or that track, please do. Because yep. it is amazing. It's a standout. Um, the song, um, All the Well Place, says... Um, and fly tipping, love them. Yep. Um, and beyond the outskirts. Okay. Um, what didn't you like about it? Why there was it... a couple of tracks. Then you know there was. Um, Some of the tracks are a bit unusual. They're a bit unusual, but I think like I'm. A, we've been through this. I'm a tough. Yes, you are. Marker. But actually, yeah, if I look at the score, you really like that album. Um, by... And I think about the album, like, there's got to be, for it to be a 10 out of 10, that'd have to be, like, I love every single track, like, absolutely love. Passionate about it, yeah. Um, there are some tracks on that album that I'm not particularly fond of, mm-hmm. but I think when you have a track like those ones that I mentioned, and especially the fact that Wastelands is 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. it sort of nudges it up for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I was, yeah, I really, I enjoyed the album. Good. Awesome, um, that's really good. Yeah. Alright, next. Shed 7. 7 no. out of 10. Away. What? 7 out of 10. Did you... Um, do you know why? Do you want to know what brought it down? Go on. Victoria. Oh, I can't remember that song. Talk to me about that song. It's just... Right, I need you to go and listen to it again. Okay. It is just I... annoying. Victoria. I listened to that song once a fortnight. Once. A... Sorry, I listened to that album once a fortnight, I would reckon. Great, good album. It's a good... How can you give it a 7? I give it a 7. Like There was like... So, Room in My House, great song. Yep. And it really kicks it off. It's like a really rousing start to the album, without doubt. Can I can I call you on something? So, The Charlatans, you raved about. Yeah. You gave that a seven. Yeah. Do you think that's on par with this album? You love The Charlatans. Do I Same think it's rating. on par with this album? I think it's a bit better. You, you give Dubstar a seven as well. Oh, just, maybe Charlatans maybe would need to go. You've actually, five. you've actually, to be fair, me and you've talked a bit about Charlatans, and you have. I think you need to bump this. You are a hard critic. For yeah, album. I need to bump that up then. Seven point five. Because look at like... that. Leslie needs to change her ratings and bump things up. <laughs> what a shocker! So you gave uh, a seven. I think it's better than that, but okay. Because I, I, I really like that album. Um. So people will talk. Great song. Okay. Um, nothing to live down. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, Room in My House is a really rousing start to the album. That song, Victoria, though, I know I shouldn't judge an album on one song. One song. I know. And there's a couple of others that are okay. But that song was okay. just annoying. Um, but look, um, enjoyed it. Good. 
so still, the we- the one you've hated the most is is Ash by far. Uh, I imagine that will be the case. <laughs> All right. So next up, I Reef's new album. Well, it's not new anymore. Revelation. Get into that. And you have the Manix or Cast, James, Ultrasound's new album, or Ian Brown. Ian Brown has a new album. I forgot to tell you. Oh. <gasps> new album called Ripples. Uh, just to talk about that for a sec so we added Ultrasound and uh, Ultrasound was added sort of uh, last couple of episodes great album I've, I really like it it's, I'll it's, do that then okay do Ultrasound and do Reef but I don't want to do Reef you, you're do, you've got to get it done I don't right? want to do it I like that album oh, come on you've got to do it but Ian Brown has a new album I'm sure you're going to love listening to that it, can I do that then no do Reef Get it out of the way, and but then you know that the following episode... Oh, don't even start me with this. You know what? Nothing's Britpop we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Ian Brown's album hasn't done so well with the critics. Oh, really? Yeah, they've been a bit harsh on it. But in actual fact, I kind of like it. Um, I'll tell you my score when you give me yours on, on Ian Brown. Okay. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, all right, okay. It's good you did your homework on those. Uh, you gave me homework around 24-hour party people. Yes. Uh, so here's who I've got uh, these are my notes I watched it the, the day after we sort of caught up um, so I put there there's a who's who of British comedians and actors like it yes. was just Peter Kay was in it yeah oh, <laughs> geez, playing Peter Kay um, but yeah I I, I, um, I liked the, the fact that I was just constantly seeing comedian and then I saw some some music stars in there and, and I, I liked that it was constantly going there's a scene with Coogan and um his missus he complains about his jeans are tight and she says that he's not a regular shape and he's got big hips which i found hilarious <laughs> because on a personal note i've got chunky hips which my mum refers to as childbearing hips <laughs> your mum hello wow. matt wow. Oh, I, I just genetics how the hell wow. did i inherit these but wow. apparently great childbearing hips well, so that's, I, that's good to know I actually that one it's, it happens in the first five minutes and i just went boom got that's it in one um so i didn't know the meaning of joy division that's a bit grim like the, oh, oh i don't want to talk about that but that was a bit grim and the story of ian curtis that's a sad yeah. sad story um a, joy division are such a great band yeah, absolutely. I didn't know much about them, and I think yeah, it's it's not it's sad. It really and what's is. the movie about? Oh, I only watched it about six months ago about Joy about... Division and Ian Curtis, and it's one. Let's come back to that. Yeah, uh, I didn't like the pigeon scene with the two brothers where they were just killing pigeons on the rooftop. No, didn't like that. No, I didn't like that. No, not nice at all. Uh, I thought the actors were great. Um, and the bit at the end the bit at the end I laughed out loud because when uh, God is having a go at McHucknell do you remember the very very end I just went my boy simply red <laughs> I thought it was hilarious McHucknell look it's a good movie it gave me really good insight I, it's a bit long it's a tough watch I think but good overall good and I'm glad I, I sort yeah, of experienced good movie. it yeah so um, now on to the good stuff we talked about the top 10 career killing albums and I talked about Yes Please. Yep, yep. Do you want to know what the rest were? Yes Please. Okay, cool. Get that. Uh... Oh, you didn't even get it. 
I can't even get it. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe we are rusty, but that is that's shocking anyway. All right, so uh, this is what happens when you don't have a beer. That's a good point. I'm on a detox. It's not working. And I'm sitting opposite someone with two beers. Um, to back themselves up over the episode. All right, so some of these I've got no idea who they are, which is why they're probably career-killing albums. Blind Melon, Soup. You don't know who Blind Melon are. The song Rain. Uh, sing it to me. No. Okay. All right, that's my... No. Anyway, Hootie and the Blowfish, obviously. Fairweather Johnson is the name of that album. Love that album. Oh, you like that album? Yeah. It was a career-killing album, apparently. I don't know. I don't Not know. for you. It's a bit tough, isn't it? Uh, Candlebox, Lucy. Okay. Spin Doctors. The spin doctor. Turn it upside down. Terence Trent Darby, neither fish nor flesh. Wasn't that the album after the sign your name? Sign your name across my heart. We're back. Arrested <laughs> Development, Zinga Lamaduni. How Scottish was that? Zima <laughs> Uh Veruca Salt, Eight Arms to Hold You, Jesus Jones, uh, Pers- Jesus Jones. Perverse, Happy Mondays, Yes Please, and. The Stone Roses' second coming. <laughs> I saw that. I went yes. Uh, 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 all right. Okay. Well. Okay. okay wait. Okay. No. I thought it's no. It's been a couple of weeks since you've had a go. No. 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 I mean, so I any album this. has a song on it like "Love Spreads." Oh, I didn't write this. All right. Don't have a go. I just saw it and I thought, you know, top ten career killing album. I can't even. What was the Stone Roses' third album called? Right, okay, moving on. We oh. talked about uh, Guardian Boy, whatever his name is. Did I get it wrong any time? He had a go about uh, the Everything But The Girl song outselling Wonderwall. Yes. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I found an article around sort of the top uh, sales, top single sales in the UK, right? So I have the top... 16, because 16's hilarious. And I'll call out where Missing by Everything But The Girl was compared to Oasis. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you want to take a stab at what was the biggest seller of all time in the UK charts? Yeah, right. I reckon it's going to be either Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Uh, oh, it's in there. You have picked. Well done. This is bingo. Uh, number nine. Oh. Well done. Um... That wet, wet, wet one in the movie, um, Love you, Is All Around. You've picked number 11. Okay. Um, Everything I Do, Brian Adams. Uh, number five. Yep. Um, people are riveted by this, Les. I know, but it's all these ones that people... Like, it's all those ones that stay in the charts forever, and I'm trying to remember. Okay. Um... Oh, oh you look like you're killing yourself here. Um, do you want me to give you a couple to start you off? Yes. Number 16, and I was only going to go to the top 15, but 16 was awesome. The Teletubbies say, E-oh, or whatever they say. The Teletubbies? Is it one of... 1.1 1. 1 oh, million sales wow. in the UK, number 16. Number... I used to love the Teletubbies. We used we to sit used in, to the com- it, yeah. in the common room at school. We did. I used to find that more interesting in English. <sighs> no comment. Number 15, Tragedy. Tragedy by Steps. Oh, no. Tragedy... Number 14, we had this, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. Yes, I'm going to see Lauren Hill on Thursday. Ah, I was just there because I saw The Prodigy at the same arena on Saturday night. Which how you, was it? It was amazing. It was so good. I they was have meant not, to be there. I was just flying back. I was gutted. I tell you now, The Prodigy haven't missed a beat. Like, they 
have this way of just the minute they come on stage it is just balls to the wall for like an hour and a half it was insane yeah very good so yeah Lauren Hill on Thursday that would be awesome too that would be good Uh, I'll review in the next episode alright so what else do we have Uh, so we had Killing Me Softly Wannabe by the Spice Girls Gangsta's Paradise Coolio is I'm sure I saw that where did I see it I don't have it maybe because I'm skimming over maybe I'll come back to that alright uh, what did so want to be by the Spice Girls? Never ever by All Saints. Never ever by All Saints. Number eleven, Love Is All Around, which you got. Yep. Num- number ten, My Heart Will Go On, Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> number nine, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Number eight, I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy. That was oh, huge. huge. Uh, number seven, uh, it was actually in our sort of number one a, a while ago, Unchained Melody by Robson Green and Jerome. Oh, Flynn. not that one. Yeah. Oh, no. Number six, Baby One More Time by uh, Britney Spears. Oh, yep. Number five, Brian Adams, you said. Uh, number four, Perfect Day by Various. The, oh, that's yeah, right. The yeah. Lurid one. Uh, three, Believe by Cher. No way. Get ready for number two. Get ready. And they are here as well as part of a sort of 90s uh, <sighs> revival show, which is at the same arena where I just went to and you're going to. Aqua. Barbie No way Number two Biggest selling single In the UK So this is according to Fiesta Um, It's an article on Buzzjack.com I will share this Number one Candle in the Wind By Owen John No surprise No surprise for that one Now on Elton He's coming back again Yeah I know For his greatest hits tour Oh number 425 We just talked about that Yeah we did other shouts out. Other shout outs. So, number 24, Spaceman by Babylon Zoo. <laughs> Our boys. Uh, 38, Wonder, Wonderwall by Oasis. Yep. All right, 810,000. Number 48, Missing Everything But The Girl. So, I don't know where he's getting his numbers from, but Wonderwall outsold Missing. All right? Wow. Number 42, Tub Thumping. 42, 42. Should be a shame. It was huge. Number 53, Breathe by The Prodigy, who I just saw. They opened the set with that. Did they? Yeah, they did. Number 69, Children by Robert Miles. Number 77, My Boy, Fairground, Simply Red. No. Number 100, The Prodigy Firestarter. Breathe also. It did. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, Hmm. So that's really interesting. I'll post the the full uh, list on there. And I think that's. Us done with the homework. Yes. Are we ready to get into your favourite favorite segment? Yes. The Britpop One-Liners. Britpop One-Liners. <laughs> uh, it's your turn to ask me and I have colour-coded it for you. There you go. Thank you very much. Go on. Um... Oh my God, just pick it. Shed 7. Uh, brilliant love Shed 7 uh, just a great band very consistent and their new album is absolutely brilliant and worth my 9 out of 10 wow Next. oh seriously and every time I see them live they're fantastic so I'm really really happy to hear they're still going and producing excellent music love okay. them Elastica yeah awesome uh like Elastica, I like the gritty sound to them. I'm surprised they got to number one, but I'm also really happy they got to number one. Um, very happy. No, I just, I like them. I don't have a bad word. And it's a very quick, punchy album that I'll put on time after time. 
Huh? Yeah. Very good. Well, oh, two out of three. Very positive so far. Okay. What's, what's the third one? Um, Rialto. Ah, so Rialto was one of the bands that we missed off the first cut. Um, so Rialto are... I was... I don't know, I think I'd, I'd heard about them, but I, just, yeah. I don't know what happened. I missed them off the list. Um, they, their self-titled album is really, really good, actually. And some really good songs. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Quarantine, I think. I think there's, a, like, there's some really good songs. So, Rialto, thank you to whoever pointed those guys out to me. They are really, really good. And um, I was really happy to, to listen to them. There we go. Done. That was three positive ones. It was really good, actually. I'm always nice to you on that. You You're... are, actually. I give you hard ones. Yeah, I don't know why you do that. That's fun. Ready to get into this week's album? Yes, please. Let's do it. And uh, we're actually on track for time. Good Woo-hoo. stuff. All right. So this week's album, number 45, Sleeper, The It Girl. Brilliant. I'm really happy with this. Me uh, too. The album cover, do you remember what it is? Yeah, person. It's a person. <laughs> Well, actually, no, it's five women. Vintage. Oh, five. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's uh, so that the top half is red with the, the sleeper name and the it girl, and it's got five women in sort of bathing suits, modeling kind of thing. Very old, retro, vintage. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about the album title in a bit, but essentially, uh, Louise's father loved that sort of old school vintage ladies, and he called sort of the, the, old, the older style Marilyn Mon- Monroe types the it girls and so hence the name of the title um so it's kind of like an early beauty pageant um it was released on the 6th of may 1996 this is their second album it was to smart yep what do you think about the fact that we're talking about smart which may that they were talking about the it girl that may still get superseded by smart but why do you think we're talking about this album rather than smart right now yeah um because i think it's got more okay personally I think it's got more hits on it. Yeah, I, I think it's got more um, accessible tracks. Yep, I agree. I personally think it's a better album. Okay. Um, that's my... Opinion, humble opinion, humble as you would opinion. say. Yes, yeah. Um, and I, look, I generally like, enjoyed that album. Okay. I do like Smart as well. Like, I don't... I like, good I like Sleeper as a band. Yeah. But I think, um, for me, the It Girls would just, would, would edge it as an album for me. They've actually, they've done really well with the, they had three albums. Uh, so they had Smart, which went to, to number five. And Pleased to Meet You followed this album yep. and it went to number seven. So they've actually had three sort of consecutive albums that have done well. What do you think of that album? The Pleased to Meet You album? Yeah. Uh, it's not as good. It's still a good, positive listen. Like I, I, I'd, I'd listen to it tomorrow. It's not, not a problem. But I just don't think, to your point, probably doesn't have as many hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we know, that 1997, that was where things were changing a little bit. Yeah. And and Britpop wasn't seen the same way. Yeah. So um, this, I agree with you, is probably my favourite. Um, it was by Indolent Records. They were a subsidiary of RCA and BMG. Uh, the label also had the Wannadies, Stephen Duffy and the 60 Foot Dolls. The producer was Stephen Street. Uh, he's worked with heaps uh, sort of the biggest call-outs would be the Smiths, Cranberries, the Cranberries, and Blur. Love the Cranberries. Um, so it's 45 minutes, 13 tracks. It's a quick, easy listen. Uh, it made it to number five, and it was 15 weeks in the top 100. Oh, wow. Are you ready for the charts? 
<laughs> I love the charts. So it's nineteen ninety six. Okay, okay, let's think about this. Do you want the albums or the singles first? No, we do albums first. Let's do oh we want the structure. Okay. <laughs> so what do you think? Nineteen ninety six albums. Albums ninety six. Top ten. Top ten. I think take that one in there. They are. Well done to you. Yep, so you I'm always throw that out. You had to hit the dark the, board once. Right over there. So take that will be in there. They are. 96, 96. Um, I guess it'll be... So is this in the top 10? Is there any of... Is there any... Britpop bands in there? There are. Let me give Shed it to 7. You. No. Let me give this to you, alright? So number 10. Yep. Falling Into You by Celine Dion. Wow. Did you buy that? No, I didn't. No, I must have sure? that one. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, listen. I think yeah. I saw that in your car. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> even my mum and dad didn't like that uh, Number nine, The Cure with Wild Mood Swings. Mm-hmm. Number eight, My Mum Did Have This, Hits by Mike and the Mechanics. Oh, my dad loved that song. The Living Years is a beautiful song. They, It was on tape and it got banged in our car, I'll tell you that much. Not by me. Simply Red was that song. Uh, the Cranberries were there To The Faithful Departed Oh I love The Cranberries Number 6 Do you love The Cranberries? I think you said that twice I In do, like though, 10 I really seconds uh, Number 6 was The Greatest Hits By Take That So maybe they'd split up by then The Greatest Hits then? 1990 Yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Sleeper The It Girl Number 5 Number 4 Walk and Wounded By Everything But The Girl Great album It's a tremendous album It is amazing Great album Number 3 What's The Story See, I was going to say that, but I didn't know what month. Yep. Number two, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis. People just like that because they swore on it. They did, they did. <laughs> Not because it was hit after hit after hit. I think it was, she released half that album and pretty yeah, much all no, of them went to number good one. Album. Number one, are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, no. Oh, it's when one you of do my this, favorites. it's always ridiculous. 1977 by Ash. No! Bang! Yes! I'm guessing that Oasis has been in the charts for a number of weeks, hence why they dropped down slightly. Uh, yes. They had been in the charts a long time. 32 weeks at this time. And, and they still were still number still, three? Oh, yeah, still there. But anyway, 1977, spectacular album, was mm-hmm. number one. All right, you ready for the singles? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, God, I can't read my own writing. Okay, number 10, Nobody Knows by the Tony Rich Project. And nobody knows but me. Wow, you actually know that? Yeah. I had no clue. Number nine, Charmless Man by Blur. That's a tune. Great song. It's a tune. Great song. Number eight, I had this on single, Tonight, Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. I like that song. I gave it away to a girl I fancied once. Did you? She shouldn't have done that. She should have kept it. Did she call you back? Uh, they I can't, never called I you can't back. remember. I remember being pissed off that I'd given her the CD and wished to have it back. Did you ask for it back? No, we were done. Right. Number seven, There's Nothing I Won't Do by GX. There's nothing I won't do Can't take minds of you I can't Oh, eyes of you Belter. There's nothing I won't do okay. Belter Belter uh, This is hilarious So this goes to show you the time Move, move, move By the 1996 Man U FA Cup squad I don't even know what that is Yo, wait Wait for it Number five, Cecilia by Suggs. Oh, Cecilia, you're breaking my heart. You're shaking my confidence daily. No one wants to hear us spell out the songs. All right, so number four, Pass and Move, It's the Liverpool Groove. Oh, no. Yeah, that was 
I remember that one. I don't remember the Man U one. I don't remember that one. I don't remember the Man U one at all. No. But two teams doing the bloody... Oh, God. (laughs) Number three. Now, I googled how many times this has been released because I'm pretty sure it's been released every year for 25 years. Return of the Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Return of the Mac. (laughs) Number two. Ooh, ah, just a little bit by Gino G... Ooh, uh, just a little bit, ooh, uh, a little bit more. What's Can I the... talk about a story about this song? As long as you don't dance like that right. anymore. That was <laughs> ridiculous. Go right. on. It's a funny story. So, <laughs> so Gina G, so you know how you told your story, how you went to see Ash in the local Virgin or oh, whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Pissed same thing. Three songs, Gina yeah. G comes down to, to the Virgin. No store. way! Yep. And I was. You worked um, for 12, 10 hours. No, no. I was at school. Right. But I left school a little bit early. How early, Leslie? <laughs> about an hour. <laughs> so I left school a little bit early. And because I always go down, a few people were going down. So I go down to the shop and she's there and she sings that song. And then they're handing out goodie bags, but you had to answer questions. Oh, and no. it was on Radio Tate. Oh, God. So I'm like that, me, me, me. They ask me a question. I get the answer right. I'm on the radio. I go home. <laughs> And my mum was like, how was school? Uh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you were on the radio. Oh. oh. I had a sign CD single by Gina G. Didn't care. Oh. I had a goodie bag. I had a pencil case. I had something else. Which you could use for school. Which you could use for school. Which I went to every day since from then on. So how's that? I got to see Ash. They piss off after three songs after working a long shift. You bunk school, get a pencil case and a CD and get off like without any trouble from your mum. Yeah. What a legend. Right, number one. George Michael with Fast Love. Great song. Good song, And that if one. you're looking for fast love If that's, that's love enough. in your eyes Okay. <clears throat> love George Michael. Can someone... I'd love some feedback on that segment. Alright, I'd love someone to go, this is this is my favourite. Like, what I'll do is I'll maybe do a poll. <laughs> where's, where's your favourite bit of the podcast so it's far? Be and singing. what do you think of Leslie's singing? I like it. Cut it. No, I'm kidding. I love it. I, I love it. It's great. Alright, so let's talk about Sleeper. Uh, so Sleeper, a four-piece uh, band uh, fronted by Louise Wenner. Formed in London, uh, Louise is on rhythm guitar and vocals. John Stewart is lead guitar. Andy McClure on drums. And Dean Osman on bass. Uh, Louise was originally with John and that's how they created the band uh, in a relationship however uh, she's now with Andy the drummer uh, with married and two kids how I know that I read the book which I'll come to in a second yes Uh, so Sleeper had three albums which we talked about and they broke up in uh, 1998 they have reformed did Mm -hmm. you see this Yes, and have you listened to their new track? I've listened to it, and I liked it. I really like it. It was good. I really enjoyed it. So they've got like a, a GoFundMe or something like that for the new album, which is coming this year. and um, March, it gets released in March. Yeah, I listened to another podcast as well, mm-hmm. where someone went to see um, a gig in, in Newcastle when they reformed, and raved about it and said how good they were so I'm looking forward to the new album yeah I'm looking forward to it too actually it'd be good to see what they sound like but that new song's excellent um, so Louise and John they met at Manchester Uni they recruited Andy uh, in Melody Maker with an advert looking for a bass player influenced by Hole, Nirvana and the Pixies they were originally called do you know what they were originally called? yeah Surrender Dorothy which is? 
the smoke trail in the sky from the Wizard of Oz. Whoa, you've done your whole... Uh, okay, why did they change it? Because they've named it... Because there was lots of people apparently Heaps of people doing the used same it. thing. Heaps yeah. of people thought it was cool to use something along the, the Wizard yeah. of Oz theme. Uh, what about... So how... The name Sleeper, where does that come from? Woody Allen movie. Now, do you know the movie? No. I don't either. Can't say I'm a big fan of Woody Allen. I don't think I've ever watched anything by Woody Allen. No, I have. The Blue Jasmine. I quite enjoyed that. Kate Blanchett. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Cool. Yep. Uh, The lyrics uh, on this album are really good. I'll talk to them a bit later on. But um, the lyrics that she writes are very good. Yep. And... I talked about reading the book. How I got onto this is I was digging into to Louise and she's wrote four novels. So Good Night, Steve McQueen, The Big Blind, The Half-Life of Stars and Worldwide Adventures of Love. Uh, and I sort of went, wow, okay. And then I found an article. Um, she wrote an, an article for The Guardian on her pregnancy and childbirth and all of yeah, that. Yeah, I read that. Did you read that? Yeah, it's great. What an excellent written article. It's very personal. It's very honest. And it's very well written. Yeah. Um, so that sort of made me go I like the, her style of writing uh, so I got the book um, so her autobiography is called Just For One Day um, Dash Adventures in Britpop uh, it's it's sort of half half it's half her growing up and her family life and school life and all the bands that she sort of, of grew up idolising and all that sort of stuff and then the other half, it's a very short book, it's only about 200 pages. So the first half is that, and then the second half is her going straight into Sleeper and the bands that they tour with and their experiences and stuff like that. Um, it's where it's really well written. It reminds me of, I, I quite like Ben Elton's stuff. It's written quite yeah. like that. Um, I've, I've got to be honest, I struggled. I, I read some reviews of the, of the book. I struggled a little bit on the first half because it's it's putting you in the eyes of a girl growing up or a teenage girl and so it talks about girly stuff right I don't mean this but you know what I mean and it wasn't I, I, to me I just wanted to get to the band stuff so yeah, it's a okay. bit I understand why it's there and it paints the picture and talks about her influences but for me I was just like let's get straight into, and the minute I hit that um, Adventures with Sleeper I was paged on it as quick to find out the next story or, or thing yeah. and there's just it's a good book it's just not enough on that side it's quite a quick book and I would have loved for the stories to be a little bit more detailed and a, a little bit more to come out of that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good. I thoroughly recommend everyone Worth to... Worth a read? Should oh, I? 100%. Definitely read it. Yeah, okay. Um, I think you'd really like it. Um, and that's how I know about the, the name of this album because the It Girl, it comes from her dad. Uh, he referred to old... Uh, black and white vintage female actors, Ava Gardner, Jean Harlow, Ingrid mm. Bergman, you know, that Marilyn Monroe type. He always referred to them when they came on the telly as that's the it girl. And that's where the name of the album came from. Two other things. They were trying to get people to come to their gigs to impress the record labels who they were hoping to get signed by. They put out an advert, which I thought was really clever, auditioning for dancers. And they put in the name where the concert was, and the advert was basically we want you to to dance, show off, and you'll get pulled for a, a TV show as a dancer. So these people, it was packed, and these people came, and they thought it was an actual they were being recruited. So they danced oh, and wow. sang and jumped, and they got nothing. But for Sleeper and the recording uh, label, it looked like these guys loved the music. Everyone was into it, and the gig was packed. I, lo- I thought it was so clever. clever. 
And the other thing, mind the show, never mind the buzzcocks? Yes. 100% scripted. Is it really? Mm-hmm. 100% scripted. And I went, because I used to watch that all the time. I used to love and it. And I loved it. And apparently, 100%, here's your script. That's what you need to say. Well, they did that well, because I never... I never picked up on that. Yeah. So I went, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit con. Um, have you got anything else you want to add? Yes. Go on. So, did you know that the band was the inspiration for the phrase sleeper bloke? Literally going on to that next. Talk to me about um, that. I love that. So, it was referring to the disparity between the glamorous singer Louise, obviously, and other frequently ignored members of the band. Yes. So, this term was used by the music press to refer to any person um, of limited standing within a band or an especially drab or unremarkable person. That's a bit And they actually started to print T-shirts. So people would walk about with T-shirts saying, Sleeper Bloke, or I'm with the Sleeper Bloke. (laughs) Um, And I I don't remember that at the time. Now, that's a good segue. Did you watch the videos, though? Yes, I watched some of the videos. Do you get the Sleeper Bloke reference now? Yes, I do get it now. They are in the background. They are nowhere near the camera. No. And she is forefront and, you know, she's a very attractive lady, but all the men are in the background. So I kind of, I understand. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, <laughs> but I just understand the context of the town. Yeah, no. Um, all right, what else you got? Should we jump into the, the actual singles? Um, yeah, we can. Okay. And then I've got some information on, well, I think we spoke last time you mentioned about how we could talk about um, since we're talking about sleeper, like the females of Britpop, we sort of touched upon it a little bit with Dubstar. Oh, we're talking about females um, of Britpop, okay. And then I wanted to do a little bit about that, so I thought maybe we could we'll do, that go- after, do it now, or do you want to wait till the... Okay. Yeah, well, we've got it front of mind, let's do so, it, because the singles can wait. So I did a little bit of digging into to that, and, I, and obviously what you'd mentioned, like Louise's book, and oh, read yeah. a lot about what she had yep. to say about that era... Um, as well, and I thought to myself, you know, you're thinking about the females in Britpop, you instantly think of Justine from Elastica, mm-hmm. you think of Louise, yep. you think of Sonia from Echo Belly. Um, so I found a few articles. So I found one article um, by David Barnett, um, okay. and it was only last year okay. in The Independent. Oh, wow. And it was an article with um, Sonia from Echo oh, Belly. Yep. So she sort of um, talked about the the whole part of being a female in that Britpop era. So she said, look, Britpop wasn't strictly a boys' club as there were many strong females around. Yeah. Um, but it was a time of celebrating a kind of laddishness. So that was... Oh, yeah, you talked to yeah, that. Yeah, and I talked to that before. Fine, yeah. So she said that was kind of like, um, you know, quite difficult to sort of deal with. Yeah. Um, like she mentioned again about... Um, that every band she thought was exploring in their lyrics their own version of what Britpop and what that identity meant to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though she was really interested in actively exploring the role that women had to play, it wasn't really encouraged by that um, oh. movement at the time. She said it was, like, compare it to that lad culture and, and it was all about that, you know, laddishness and that whole being British and that yeah, whole, yeah. that culture. So it didn't... It was quite difficult for her to okay. explore that. Yep. Um, she then goes on to say, which is quite interesting, was that she said it would have been nice to have been friends with the other women that there were. Oh, um, Because wow. there were really cool women around. Yeah. Um, but quite early on, she realised that probably wasn't going to 
happen. She said that she had um, been invited to do an interview with um, Louise and Justine. Okay. Yep. Um, and they seemed to be quite close together. Yep. Um, and one of the last questions that they got asked in the interview was whether they considered themselves to be feminists. Oh, God. Sonia said yes, and Justine and Louise said no. Right. Um, um, and then I, when you do a little bit more of... of Digging into that, Louise did get a bit of stick, um, particularly for for not declaring herself a feminist. Yeah. And in one interview, she deployed the phrase "feminists should shut up and shave." Oh, that um, would have gone, gone down well. But then, when you dig into it, a few people started, like, a few people really didn't pick up on the fact that <clears throat> she was actually quoting a tongue in cheek phrase from an episode of Knowing Me, Knowing You by Alan Partridge. Uh, so it was kind of tongue in cheek and a lot of people taken out of context, yeah. Taken massively out of context. Got it, got it. Um and when, you know, and Sonia mentioned that, but then a bit of digging, when you look into that, every article then around Louise was around feminism and talking around that. Yeah. Every then article around Justine was the fact that she'd been with Brett and then with Damon. It's yeah. never really about them yeah. as artists. Yeah, okay, um, that's fair. So then I, there was an article in The Scotsman. Yep. Um, they interviewed Louise around this. Okay. And she said, look, there was also um, a lot of misogyny around the music press. Right. Um, what really bothered her was it was okay for Sean Ryder to talk laddish and drunk. Um, and at one time, for the Manic Street Preachers to say that they hoped Michael Stipe would die of AIDS. Oh, yes, I saw that, yeah. And the, everybody's reaction was, oh, that's naughty. Yeah. Um, but then she wrote a song like Delicious mm-hmm. with the lyrics that said, we should both go to bed until we make each other sore. And she was painted as a whore. Yeah, yeah. And so she, you know, she talks about... Um, she does talk about that. She talks that well. about a lot. And she said, look... Um, she then jokes about it's calling them the helpful boys at the music press and how she was then tagged the Margaret Thatcher of Indy. Oh, God. Um, and Justine was the posh one who left Brett for Damon and Sonia was the uppity kickboxer from a strict Indian family. So, right. I think, again, I guess what it shows is um, that there was a lot of misrepresentation, I think, of the females at that particular yeah, time. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if Sonia does feel that, I guess, about wishing that they had been closer, I'd like to... I want to do a bit digging into what sort of Justine thinks as well, because okay. I couldn't find a lot about her. Okay. It just seems to be those two talking about it, but... Um, just on the, the Louise thing, mm. she um, she does talk about it in her book quite a lot. And I think the, the reason why she started to get... Because if you read some of her interviews, she is harsh. Like, she's very... She speaks her mind. She's very strong-minded. She let's rip particular against enemy my god did she have it like some of the interviews are really cutting towards them but i think how this this started becoming an issue is because all people wanted to talk about with her is her sex appeal and the fact that she was a woman with with three backings like three male backing you know the sleeper blokes so to speak and she just got tired of it she wanted to talk about the music. She what about her as a musician or a she, songwriter she or a wanted, singer? Exactly. exactly. And that right. was the issue. Yeah. And then you also had the added pressure of the record label wanting her... Like, these videos that we'll get into, this is Louise. She is, you know, a sex object. She's... You know what I mean? It's, it's very much... She's trying to separate herself from that 
and it's what people just keep coming. Yeah, she's going to get her back up and she's going to speak her mind. And um, yeah, I don't. She didn't like the situation that she was put in at yeah. all. She yeah. didn't want to be there. Yeah. So I completely understand that. Yeah. But I thought that was a bit interesting. Really and I might do a bit more digging into that for, you know, um, another couple of episodes because I have a feeling in some of the other ones we'll talk a bit more. Okay. Bands with female leads. Yes. And I'll do a bit more digging there. But I just thought that was quite interesting about how you're one portrayed in the media and then not what necessarily your thoughts actually are. Oh, yeah, by far. Yeah, you're right. And um, again, I, read the book. That's, yeah, that's, I will. The, no, I will. Oh, let's, let's do that and get you reading the book because she does talk about that. Um, let's talk about the, the sort of singles. Um, I do talk about that, that record label. They're, they're all front and centre with her mm. and the band are really sort of out of focus in the background or they get tiny snippets. So it kind of feeds into that. Um, what Do I Do Now uh, was released in October 95. It got to number 14. It's a great song, right? And we'll get into that. Uh, the band, the video is, is pretty good. The band, it's the, even this the imagery is, is just... The band, there's two unit, two apartment blocks. Yep. And one's got Louise in it and the other one's got the band in it. <laughs> Seriously. And the, there's a storm coming, like it's raining. And in one apartment block, you've just got Louise in there singing to the camera. And you've got the band playing in the far distance through the windows. And I just go, the symbolism, uh, maybe I, I'm reading too much into it. So I went... No, I think you got a point. I, I went, ah, yeah. the lyrics are really good. I, so the lyrics are, what do I do now then? Are we going under? What did I do wrong? I thought we had it sorted. Is there someone else or am I too familiar? Was it when I said that I wanted to have children? Tore up all your photos, didn't feel too clever, spent the whole of Sunday sticking you together. Now I'd like to call you, but I feel too awkward. Some things need explaining. No one told me it was raining. Great writing. Yeah. Great writing. Um, second single, uh, May 1996. Number 10 was Sale of the Century. Love that song. It's a great one. The first top 10 hit and the B-side was Atomic. Which was yes. which was awesome. Yes. So they covered uh, that the Blondie song yep. for Trainspot. Oh, I should have done the trivia. You would have gone. No, I was going to tell you. Well, you I was going to do trivia. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah. Don't because I'm one. I'm You're not good of, at trivia. No, I'm not. We're never you, going to trivia night. No, I'm rubbish. Maybe we should. Maybe that would help. Uh, unless you pick my movies with robots, monsters, oh, or no. aliens, we're stuck. Uh, trivia about King Kong. All right. Oh, I'd, I'd nail that. I know you would. Yeah. Uh, all right. Video. This is. The band are playing on top of what? Did you watch this one? The band are playing on a watery surface. Not what's that for? It's the sale of the century. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really well produced yeah. video, right? So the band are playing on top of a watery surface. Must have been a nightmare to film because there's water everywhere with everything. Louise is in the water, singing from the head up. People are diving and swimming around the band, so they're standing on top of the water where you see all these people going. But there's a lot of shots, very close of Louise. Uh, coming out the water, looking all glamorous with the makeup, coming out the water. No streaking, nothing, no makeup, good makeup at the time. <laughs> but again, it's a it's a very, very cool video. Band's completely in the background. Nice Guy Eddie, July 96. Great song. Number 10. The video is very cool. It's in front of this cool light show cube. Um, and again, I might be reading into things, but Louise is 10 yards in front of the entire band. Which is not normal for a band. You usually stick all mm. together, but she—they're obviously come closer, and she's very much in the forefront. Uh, statuesque, another cracking song. Didn't do too well. Number seventeen in nineteen ninety-six. Uh, the half in the studio uh, recording, and then half uh, the other half looks to be them driving on tour around the states. So um, that was my only. They're all decent videos. That was just my sort of takeaway around the, the sort of band. 
Shall we get into the songs? Yes, please. All right. So I listen to this album and it grows on me every time I, I listen to it. Um, it kicks off with this is the Spotify version, right? So I have the CD and I have the Spotify version. We're going to cover the Spotify version, right? And the reason being is, in my opinion, and I might get flipping flamed for this, I like they basically change the start, right? So on the Spotify version, which I think is the US version, it starts off with feeling peaky. The normal version is lie detector, right? Yeah. I think feeling peaky is the better start to the album because it sort of kicks in and you're off. Uh, whereas feeling peaky sort of feels like a, a middle of the track song. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, let's get started. Um, if it starts with feeling peaky, I liked it. Great start to the album. And I think it fits better than lie detector. Thoughts? Um, I think I've always known the other one. So oh, you've known the actual CD. So I, and that's and funny you should say that because I actually thought I was losing my mind a bit because um, <laughs> I was in New Zealand mm-hmm. and I knew that we were going to be doing this. So obviously, once we, I always like to refresh Same. myself. I don't have my CDs around because oh, yeah, I'm travelling yeah, now. So I thought I'll put it on Spotify. Yeah. I kept thinking it was on shuffle. Ah. Because it kept starting. I was like, oh no. And then try to change it, but it wasn't. So it's, I guess it's what you're used to. Yeah. Um, so I just thought the whole album was on shuffle. So then I actually just thought I was listening to the thing in shuffle and not really in sync. And now that you've said that, that makes sense. Um, I only know it with Lie Detector first. So I, I don't know, it's hard for me to, to comment because I do actually like Lie Detector and it's what I've listened to for a long time. So. All right, okay. Well, let's uh, kick it off with Feeling Peaky, which sounds like this. goes into sales of the century sale of the century which is phenomenal Pretty which is song. i've put it's a brit pop anthem i love this song it is excellent 100 percent. for me that's a nine out of ten song oh yeah still took a, a point away from it though oh, yeah, no, it's, just hard. it's just you but just 10 you. out of 10 has to be like next level yeah we might i need you to tell me what a 10 out of 10 song slide is. slide away by oasis oh well, i was gonna say when we get to it okay well there we go all right okay just to get put it on your rating just just think about that so for me Slide Away by Oasis, 10 out of 10. Zero out of 10? Buzzkill by Ash? Yep. <laughs> There's a scale right there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Sailor of the Century sounds like this. It's an awesome song. I love that song. Now, Dress Like Your Mother. I don't mind, it's a good song. I've gone, it's okay. It's all right. It's two and a half minutes long. It sort of breezes in and breezes out. It's okay. I mean, it's all right. It's, not, I don't have it's any... an album track. That's, do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not going to be your big track. It's no, like it's one of those, not. just an album track. Yeah, okay. All right, so we're not going to play that. But moving straight on from that, you get Statuesque. Crazy. Which is brilliant. And Statuesque goes like this. It 
gets even better, you've got Nice Guy Eddie after Favourite song on the album. Oh, that's your favourite? Yeah, without doubt. Uh, I've just gone... 10.5 over 10. That's pretty close. I, I, do you want to recheck your scale? Because you've gone slide away. Well, I want to nice say... Nice Guy Eddie. It's probably 9 out of 10, but I prefer it better than the Seal of the Century, so this is where I'm in a tricky burn, isn't it? Your rating system. I swear. Okay, 9 out of 10. Okay, all right. Okay, 9.1. Stop it, you can't go to decimal <laughs> points. Yeah, I can. Uh, so, Nice Guy Eddie, I love the song. It's very catchy and I love the melody. goes like this. Then... After that awesomeness, stop you crying. What did you think about oh, that? Oh, not really a big one. Oh, didn't you like that? I've gone. It's okay. It's re- no, I've put, actually, stop you crying. I really like this song. Don't like it? Didn't really. No, I don't dislike it. I just think that if we're going to compare it to Nice Guy Eddie, um, it's a good song. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, we're not going to play that, but I tell you what we will play is we'll, we'll play Lie Detector, right? Yeah. Because that's how the album starts. And in I actually mind. really like the song, and that makes sense to me. Well, let's, I tell you what, let's do a poll uh, and let's get people to vote on which they like. Do, yes. they, do they like Feeling Peaky or do they like Lie Detector? Um, well, not do they like, how do they feel the album should start? Oh, yeah, good point. Which yeah. one should start off the yeah. album? In my mind, it's Feeling Peaky because that's how I've always started to, to listen as I've gone through this process. Um, and I sort of compared it to, and I still sit with. That one. No. No. Stone Cold, no. All right, so uh, Lie Detector sounds like this. What do I do now? Where's that on your rating? You are screwed, aren't you? Oh, it's a 9.3, Kevin. What's a 9.3? <laughs> one one. <laughs> you it's a great song. Plonker. It is fantastic. What do I know? I've got. I've just gone excellent. Really catchy. Love it. Uh, this is what do I do now? It's. So much fun! It's awesome. Shrink wrapped number nine. What did you think about this? Uh, I get the feeling it didn't stand out for you. No, look, I. It's not my standout in the album. I do like it. Uh, um, I. I feel that's like an end song. I. Do you? Yeah, I do. I've wrote down. I've gone. I really like this, but it feels to me like it should be the last track. I really liked it. Is that your final? Um, what is it? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really like this. Uh, we won't play it, but it is, it's really good. And I actually felt you could put it at the end because I'd be happy with that. But as you know, you've gone click off gone, which is good in its, itself. I will play click off gone later when we yep. get to it. Uh, number 10, uh, good luck, Mr. Gorski. Why are you shaking your head? Is that a shaky head? That's what? a shake my head. That's a shaky head. Don't like it. I've gone, I like this. Do you know about the story about Mr. Gorky, the good luck Mr. Gorsky no, reference? I'm not going to read it out because it's probably not, remember how we talked about that U for Universal? Oh, yeah. Probably not PG. But I will post the, the link to it 
Um, essentially, there is a... When Neil Armstrong first walked on the moon and he said his famous uh, line, you know, one small step, etc., apparently there's some traffic happening between him and, you know, everyone else. And there's there's this voice, it's his voice coming across saying, good luck, and good luck, Mr. Gorski. And for years, everyone has tried to question about what does it mean, who's Mr. Gorski, and he's never given up what it actually means, right? And there's this story about, well, actually, they found out what it means. And it's a bit R-rated. I'll post it, right? Okay, I can't, I can't, I can't it's a long... I'm intrigued. Well, that's why you have to go and check our Twitter, because I'm going to post it, all right? Um, or you could just tell me after. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you. Okay, after. yeah, I'll yeah. tell you but... after. Um, but basically, it's it's a really fun internet rumour that got debunked, but it took a while for it to be debunked. Um, but anyway, good luck, Mr. Gorski. Good luck, Mr. Gorski, is in fact in uh, reference to all the internet chatter about what this actually meant. It's a really fun story, so I'll post it. Uh, number 11, uh, track 11, uh, Factor 41. Thoughts? I like this song. Do you? Yeah. I didn't think you would for some reason. Why? You always tell me that the track before the final track, that's the... Mm, not no, it's never normally that great. It's not my favourite on the album. No, I agree. I've got um, it's passable, is what I've put. I think it's okay. Yeah. 6.5 okay. out of 10. It's been a while since I used that bad boy. <laughs> I... But, and here we go to number 12, Click Off Gone, which I'll play to, to sort of take us out. I have wrote, no hurrah here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but it's okay because you know you're at the end of the album and it's actually a really nice song. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe you swap it with Shrink Wrapped, but then where do you put Click Off Gone? Because it's actually quite nice to end the album. Are you just going to debunk your theory then? Uh, about the last song doesn't always have to be we just haven't hit an album with a good one yet okay well what does that tell you <laughs> tells me we're in the 40s still <laughs> <laughs> um, I have that the US version and I think also the version in Spotify is missing a track it doesn't have glue ears on it did you have that anywhere in your notes at all? No. No, because you probably went with the Spotify version as well. It went with glue ears, um, which I which I haven't got. So, um, all right. So, um, what do you think the sort of response to the album was at the time? Were you surprised that it got into the top ten and how well it actually did? Not really, because you know they'd had the. You know, they'd had Smart before it, and I think there are a lot of great singles on that album, for There's sure. a lot of good singles on that. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, and, you know, we're slap-bang in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it doesn't It doesn't surprise me at all. And I think when you think about the singles, when you think about Sale of the Century, oh. people would go and buy that album just because of that track, I reckon. True, true. Good point. Um, reviews. All oh, right. I like the review bit. Oh, you like the reviews? Yes. All right. So, uh, Mark Paul of Rate Your Music. So, I start with one bad one and then we'll get into the good ones. Uh, back in my early days of a would-be music journalism, I'm sure that I proudly claimed Sleeper to be the natural inheritors of Blondie's legacy. Oh, that's big. While it's true that the band exhibits more than a little new wave influence, that's where the comparisons end. The It Girl is evidence of the poor quality control of a time when all you needed was a no-frills attitude some bouncy sounding guitars and a singer who chose not to pronounce consonants. 
Ooh, that's ours. Sadly, it's all proof that Elastica, whose debut album still packs a fresh pop punk punch, were Britpop's only decent female fronted band. Ooh. They are tough fighting words by my boy uh, Mark Paul. Um, thoughts? I don't like that last bit. I don't no, I didn't it. like that either. I don't agree at all. I don't no, really agree with any of that. Especially when we just talked about um, the female lead singers. Yeah. Alright, so... Um, and to be honest, I think I had to look a bit for that bad review. This, this, It's actually pretty positive from yep. here on in. So Jack Rabbit from uh, uh, All Music. Once again, the state of things in Britain is, is so puzzling. London Sleeper made an LP twice as good as their promising but flawed smart uh, and receives more respect but less overall attention. On the standout single Sale of the Century, the Blondie-like statuesque, uh, and Nice Guy Eddie, she tempers the talk sing that occasionally took away from Smart and emotes with a new empathy for the sensual, caught-up-in-the-chaos character she creates. And though nothing is quite the total knockout of Smart's in-betweener, that's true, the It Girl is more consistently accomplished with a broader palette of influences, mostly Blondie and the Smiths, but lots of great 60s pump and post-punk. And uh, every song makes you feel something. Sit back and enjoy Winner, one of the most refreshing personalities in all rock here flourishing this is intensive intelligent relationship rock that makes you feel alive i like that last because she really writes about relationships in a really honest refreshing you know just wait I like yeah, it's very does. catchy one more greg fairfield uh, rose of amazon Whenever Britpop is discussed in the monthly music mag, Sleeper are usually placed firmly in the second division alongside the likes of Cast and Shed 7. If they weren't... The second division? You like that reference to like a football playoffs? It's pretty good. Uh, If they weren't, where would Top Loader be? Foxhole Conference. If they weren't at the right place at the right time, they would never have made it, um, seems to be the general premise. This opinion seems very harsh when this excellent album is played or replayed. The It Girl Sleeper second album is a superb example of indie pop with an added edge and bite courtesy of Lorraine Winner's sneery vocals and lyrics. It's no coincidence that this is one of the most frequent LPs playing in the background to the bitchy, era-defining TV series, This Life. Oh, I love that show. It's one of my favourite ever TV shows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got some reviews. Oh, you've done some. Well, not about the album, but I, when I was doing my digging into, like, looking, doing a bit of research about Louise and Sleeper. So, cool. I was doing a bit of googling around, and then I found an article in the in the Independent uh, back in 1998 by Nicholas Barber. Okay. It was a review of Sleeper Live. The title of the ar- of the article is "Why Sleeper Should Dump Louise Winner." Oh, what? It starts. All you'd have is Sleeper Blokes. Then the vocals start. Sadly, they're the worst vocals I've heard from someone who has singer, inverted commas, <laughs> on their passport since Ian Brown's call nearly evacuated 1996's Reading Festival. Oh, God. That's harsh. All I right. haven't seen Sleeper Live. I can't comment, I, but I, I, I doubt. I watched some of their live videos because I was like, what do they look like and sound like now? They're, they're fine. They're okay. Do you like the comparison against Ian Brown, though? Um, yeah, well, yeah, but we talked about that. We talked about Ian Brown. But you don't go to you don't go to see Ian Brown because of the vocal acrobatics, do you? No, that is very true. Well, there we go. Okay. So then digging around again, 
So Stephen Dalton back in 2010 writing for The Quietus. Uh-huh. Um, he um, was doing a review on Louise Winner's Different for Girls. Yep. Um, and he starts off, so this isn't necessarily about her, this is more about Britpop as a... General. General. Okay. And this, I can't wait to hear your reaction. Oh. Britpop, what the F was that all about then? While previous generations had planet-shaking youthquakes like hippie, punk and acid house, my peers and I saw our 20s during one of the most willfully conservative and backward-looking musical movements ever. Oh, God. A moronic inferno, a bonfire of inanity. Moronic inferno? <laughs> a bonfire of inanity. I read that. Then he goes on to talk about her in quite a nice way. It's bizarre. He just but slipped that into an article, article about her. And I read her. it and I thought, did she say it? I had to read it a couple of times because it's like, I don't get it. So, um, yeah. Wow. I just thought, what? I want your, I want an opinion on that. Do you agree no. with anything he said there? Okay. Do you? Uh, no, of course. Absolutely not. No. That's ridiculous. Just bizarre. Uh, okay. Um, right. We have one more thing to sort of, to, that I sort of missed at the beginning. Do you remember we talked about Tom Jones's album? Yep. That survey is about to go live. So get prepared, right? Because that's going out there tomorrow because people would have had a chance to listen to please, it. Please, everybody, please. Don't make they've, me listen. They've probably done it by now. So you, I think you need to get ready because I, we're going to go out, we're going to talk to people about you listening to this album. Get ready for some Tom Jones no, coming in your ears. No, 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 All right. no. Uh, so ratings, let's... Oh, no. Ratings. Let's talk about ratings. What did you give it, this album? Do you remember? Seven. You gave it a seven? Yeah. And I gave it... Seven and a half. Yeah. I do it every time. <laughs> Absolutely. I like. I, I must admit, I like this album, and every time I listen to it, it gets that little bit better. Um, I think I'll, I'll keep going back to see them. Have you ever seen them live? No. Neither have I. So I hope that with this uh, resurgence of their new album... That they travel and we'll maybe get to see them here. Yeah, I, I would definitely go. I would uh, 100%. I think that would be a great gig to, yeah, it would to be. go and see. Um, all right. Anything else before we sort of wrap up this episode you want to add about Sleeper um, and we move on to what's next? No, I think we've um, I think we've covered a lot of ground there. We have. We're, we're clocking on. Uh, all right. So let's promote the band. Uh, so Sleepar don't have an official t- uh, Twitter, but they do uh, have one at Real Louise Wenner uh, website. They don't have a website. Well, you got you got to think these guys haven't been around yeah, for true. a while. I think they're probably just starting to, to recreate that. So chances are they've probably got an official Sleepar um, Twitter account by now. Uh, are they touring? Yes, they are touring the UK right now. Oh wow! Well. Right. Yeah, they are. Go and see them if you're in the UK. Go and see them, and if you've seen them, let me know what you think. Yep. Um, new album coming out soon. This album, three pounds on Amazon. It's definitely worth the three pounds. Wow. Uh, are they on Spotify? Smart and the It Girl and the Best of Are, including their new single, which is Look at You Now. But Pleased to Meet You is not no. on Spotify, which is the follow up to these two. All right. Are you ready for number forty-four? Um, Why? I am, but your face is telling me I shouldn't be. Like, I actually have to shut my eyes. I've got my eyes shut, everyone. Why? Because your face has got that face, okay. which means you know that I'm not going to enjoy myself. I'll tell you right now, it's one that I like more than you. Oh, well, you've been saying that a lot, haven't you? 
Not really. I'm beginning to wonder about the spreadsheets jigged, like completely rigged, because I don't understand. I tell you now, this is not the one you probably want to complain about. All right, but they're coming. Uh, and also, you are very critical on your ratings as well. So I'm the opposite end I to you. I do feel if I did it again, I'd probably too late. We're done. I don't. Yeah. Ratings are locked in. Uh, number forty-four is the super furry animals. And and do you want to take a stab? <laughs> do you want to take a stab at the album? No. Well, it is fuzzy logic. I knew it would be fuzzy logic. I oh, no. really like this album. Oh, it has some God. brilliant songs. Something for the weekend. If you don't want me to destroy you, I love. I have if I don't want to. Really fond memories of this as a kid. Uh, so I'm really excited about next week's episode to talk about this. I've got Your... fond memories of Blackpool as a kid. Doesn't mean that I'd go again. I'd go to Blackpool. Would you? I haven't been in years. I'd love to go to Blackpool. Okay. Yeah. Especially if the soundtrack is the good, the bad, the good All right, so next week's number 44 is Super Furry Animals and Fuzzy Logic. Uh, that is it for uh, this episode. We are at Britpop Panther uh, on Facebook and Twitter or email us at BritpopBanter at Gmail. We want your feedback. We want your questions. Uh, and also, if you like this episode or are liking the series so far, go and leave a review for us, please. Vote no to Tom Jones. No, it's going to happen. Vote no to Tom it, Jones. You know, I know the listeners are going to want you to. I'd be very surprised if the listeners went, no, I don't want Leslie to listen to Tom Jones. So by the time they hear this, you've probably already listened to it. <laughs> I've, already, <laughs> I've already made you do this. Oh, no. Um... I'll take, can I tell you the funny story about that album? Yeah. So I went, oh, for a laugh, I'm going to listen to it. Because it actually has a lot of talented artists on there. You said it had Portishead on it. It does. I can't get my head around that. It's got, um, I said Simply Red, The Phonics, uh, Moose Tea, as you know. Like, yeah. there's some, some big hitters on that album. Oh, and another reason why you listen to it. Because it has a Divine Comedy on there as well. Yes, I forgot to tell you about that. Um, so, I tried to listen to it. I didn't make it all the way through. The deal with this is, you have to listen to the whole thing and report back on what you thought of it. And I'm going to make sure you listen to it. <laughs> what did uh, I do to deserve this? You said it. I, I didn't even prompt you to do it. You just oh, went, oh. What was I thinking? I don't know, I don't think you were even drunk. But anyway, Tom Jones coming at you, hopefully. Uh, that's it for this episode with Sleepart. Anything else, Les? No, it was great. It was good to catch up. I feel like we sort of... bit rusty. Yeah. Made it in the end. SFA. Ready to go. I can't wait. I'm so pumped. The Scottish Football Association. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> All right, we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Feelings, I've turned down the south. So there's no more